Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Lipedema channel. I'm Brenda Viola from Lympha Press, and we love to bring you inspiring interviews or informative interviews from the Lipedema community, not just patients, but also medical professionals. And I live a lot on social media, and I have heard chatter about a new practice, maybe not so new, but new to a lot of members of the Lipedema community. They're very excited that Dr. Betis is now in Orlando. So welcome, Dr. Betis. Nice to have you here. Thank you, Brenda. It's very nice to be here. So tell me how your journey led to Lipedema. Uh, so it actually, I, I kind of fell into it, uh, to be honest with you, a couple of things. So, you know, my um, training, I did a special fellowship after my six-year training in plastic surgery. Um, I did an extra year in uh, body contouring, which is plastic surgery after weight loss. Uh, and so I came to Orlando to set up this practice. I work for Orlando Health, um, and I was very fortunate to be hired by them. Uh, and they were very excited about building this program. Uh, and so a couple of things happened after I'd been here for about a year. Uh, one is uh, one of my partners, there's five of us here, um, one of my partners that did a lot of lymphedema um, and he's been building a lymphedema uh, program um, and he gets people from all over the world now who come see him for lymphotransfers and uh, treatment of lymphedema. Um, and so what was happening was he was seeing some lymphedema patients um, and he was treating them. Um, I think kind of maybe for some, a lot of the reasons that other surgeons do is they just kind of see them and want to help them. Um, and at the same time, uh, what happened was being seeing a lot of weight loss patients, uh, I was seeing some patients who would come in and tell me, I'm doing everything I can, uh, you know, I'm dieting, I'm exercising. Um, and you look at them and you see a, a skinny woman, you know, above the waist and then uh, big legs. So kind of, kind of something that's not very proportional. Um, and so I started thinking, well, this is strange. You know, you are doing everything. I'm, I'm looking at their protein, their, their fluid, their exercise. Um, and then I started doing some reading and by talking to Dr. Klein, who's my partner, uh, I was like, well, I think a lot of these women have lipedema. Um, and I think a lot of women who have lipedema are told, as we all know, that they're obese um, and need to lose weight and, and this and that. And so many, many of my lipedema patients have had weight loss surgery. Um, and so I wanted to help them. So. So he said, you know, since you're kind of the soft tissue, fatty uh, tissue expert, um, I trained with one of the kind of experts in um, fat transfer and liposuction in the world. Um, so we said, you know what, why don't you do lymphedema? I'll do lipedema. Um, it kind of fits and, and here we are. Well, it is an amazing journey and many of the people I've spoken with from Dr. Schwartz on the West Coast to many other practitioners and surgeons, it wasn't a direct path, but there, there was a need. There was a, a lot of patients and nobody was helping them. And this remains an undiagnosed and often untreated condition. How can we change the tide? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think the unfortunate truth is um, it's just going to take time. Uh, you know, I know that um, Dr. Schwartz and Dr. Herbst um, have now teamed up, which is great, and they're publishing articles. Um, I think they've put up three or four so far together. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, the first step. Um, I think doing uh, these types of events, you know, um, social media talks and interviews um, and getting the word out that way. Um, we, uh, as part of my team, so we actually are starting a lipedema clinic. 
Um, next month is going to, going to be my first one. Um, and I also recruited Dr. Klein, my partner. Um, so we're going to do kind of a combination lymphedema, lipidema clinic. And we have therapists now built into our office. Um, and they're going to be there, um, on, of course, on that day as well. They're there every day. Uh, so then, you know, it'll be really nice for patients who can come and see the surgeon. If you have lymphedema, you see Dr. Klein as well. Um, and regardless of what you have, you'll see a therapist the same day. Um, so kind of a one-stop shop. I don't think anything like that exists um, out there. I think um, that's what's captivating so many people about what you are doing here because I speak with a lot of women. Some of them absolutely are not interested in a surgical option. Some want to try whatever they can holistically. Others are very much in favor of surgery. It seems like this collaborative effort means that there is something for everyone, no matter what course of action you want to take. Yes, and actually the, the next part, and we've been working on this for a year, but with COVID, it was put on pause um, is to get a, a primary care doctor to um, see these patients and um, I guess in one sense triage them, you know, um, to figure out do they need to see Dr. Klein or do they need to see me or maybe someone else, you know, someone would have venostasis. Um, that's probably more for the lymphedema side. I think most women with lymphedema, it's kind of clear cut. Um, and also to help treat, you know, diet, um, weight, weight management, if they need help with that, um, you know, help with exercise and Kind of routine so that's uh, hopefully the next step for us is to is to hire someone we we have identified someone but like i said with covid it's kind of been on pause so yeah and i receive so many emails from patients saying where can i find a good doctor that will diagnose me do you do telehealth at this point i do so today actually um it's not my normal clinic day um but because we're getting slammed i actually i'm doing an extra clinic now in the month um, and I saw two uh, lipidema virtual visits today and then two in person. So is there more talk in the medical community about lipidema so that it doesn't remain so unnoticed or misdiagnosed? Uh, sorry, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely seems uh, like it's becoming um, or things are coming around, the tide is turning, um, but I think it's still a small subset of doctors therapists, um, you know, doctors, both surgeons and um, primary cares or endocrinologists or, you know, let's just say non-surgeons. Um, so, so I think it's going to really be a slow, uh, kind of a slow turnaround or slow tide before it becomes really widespread, Un unfortunately. Um, you know, I wish, I wish we could find a way to speed that up, um, but I don't know that that's uh, possible. Well, the more people there are like you and Dr. Herbst and Dr. Schwartz and Dr. McCutcheonson around the country, the more vocal you are and active and getting the word out that this is Lipedema Awareness Month. So it's appropriate that we're talking today. And this month also, the standard of care for lipedema was issued and finally published, authored by Dr. Herbst and many others. Do you think that this standard of care can be an important component in helping to raise awareness? And Dr. Herbst even said today, I encourage patients to walk into their doctors with this standard of care so that they understand it better. Yeah, I think that's been great. And I think it will be instrumental um, because it's, a, first of all, it's a free article, so anyone can access it. Um, I think that was uh, huge, whether they did that on purpose or whether that's just the way that journal that published worked. Um, but you're right, patients can look it up. 
Um, any doctor can look it up if patients don't know how. Um, and you're right, people can take it into the, to the doctor's office. So that might kind of help, uh, you know, speed that uh, process up and, and get people educated because the patient can take that article, walk into their PCP's office, and even if the PCP knows nothing, uh, we all know how to read, we all, you know, we all went to medical school, um, so we know how articles work and, and data is data. So um, that's definitely a great first step um, to, to kind of get into education out there. I agree. I think it's a wonderful leap forward. And we've made great strides. I talked to a woman who was initially told not to exercise because it would make the condition worse. And all it did was make her more immobile. Now she's running and leading triathlons triathlons for the lipedema community which is amazing and she's vibrant and alive and living a better quality of life i want to ask you this do you have anything special about your approach or your surgical procedures i know that there are some surgeons who have actually trademarked their kind of procedure is there anything unique because we know that regular liposuction isn't what you use for lipedema um, so there's no, no, I definitely haven't done anything special, I don't think. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, the, the, the mainstay of treatment is taking out the lipedema. Um, and whether you do that with liposuction um, or with, um, you know, larger incisions and directly cutting it out, um, you know, the goal is the same and the end result is the same. Um, there's certainly areas I always warn patients, some areas are really nodular and hard. Um, and liposuction will just not treat that. So you have to make larger incisions or larger scars to, to get, the, get at the nodules and get them out. Um, I, know, I know a lot of people advertise water-assisted and um, uh, ultrasound-assisted. You know, the gold standard, and well, so first of all, for lipedema specifically, there's really no good studies that have compared head-to-head -head one to the other. Um, and until we have these larger clinical trials, I don't know that anyone can really say um, you know, my, my technique is better or this is better. Um, I do use standard liposuction sometimes with um, power, um, but I don't use any um, assistive devices. I'm not sure that there's enough data to say that it's any better than the gold standard, which is just traditional liposuction, you know, suction-assisted lipoaspiration. Yeah. So it is a very specialized procedure. Who makes a good candidate for this or are there any hard and fast rules? Um, you know, I think any patient with lipedema is a, is a good candidate, barring any major health conditions. Um, I would say, fortunately, we re really haven't encountered um, any patient we've not been able to, to take to the operating room if that's, uh, you know, that's what they needed or that's what they wanted. Um, you know, we work closely with um, their primary care physicians. Um, we typically get clearances on, if I'm not mistaken, every patient I take to the operating room because these are pretty major procedures. I mean, you know, it's funny, we talk about liposuction and I always tell the pediatric patients, we call, we're sitting, we're using the word liposuction, but it's not liposuction in the sense that we're going and doing a little bit of touch up, um, you know, like with an abdominoplasty, you do a little here and a little there. Um, we're talking large volume, you know, several hours in the operating room. So um, we really need uh, patients to be fit and healthy and not have very many um, problems. Yeah. So do you have any uh, recommendation? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Was there more you wanted no, to say? So we don't really have a hard stop. Um, you know, I know um, data from Europe says, uh, or there's some data from Europe that says uh, that weight loss surgery is helpful. Um, 
data from the US or you know articles in the US say it's not that helpful because lipidema is really resistant. Um, you know, I would say patients who come in and have a really high BMI, um, I think those are patients who maybe should consider um, you know, some kind of weight loss surgery because while they may have lipidema fat, uh, you know, we all also carry normal fat, um, adipose tissue. Um, and those patients, just as a result of their BMI, might be at extra high risk of complications um, by undergoing general anesthesia. So, um, you know, but I, I struggle with those patients as well because, you know, what, what is, is bariatric surgery the right answer even for those patients? And the answer is I don't think we know. Well said. You know, I have immersed myself in the lipedema community for the last year and a half or so, and my heart goes out to these women. It's primarily women, as our audience well knows. Many of them are just seeking some sort of hope, because how frustrating is it? We just heard today 25% struggle with depression, and how depressing it can be to diet and exercise and see nothing change. <clears throat> So there's also the mental health issues associated with this condition as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, you're absolutely right. It's a um, yeah. I, I can't imagine you know myself if I were someone who worked out and dieted and exercises and did all these things. Uh, you know, took a lot of effort, and then you look in the mirror and it's the same. Uh, that's uh, it's definitely a big component of lipidema too, um, and you know that's probably something. Um, surgeons and non-surgeons need to consider when evaluating these patients. So many of the physicians that we work with and surgeons use the lymphopress press before and after surgery, pre-op and post-op to help recovery. Um, I know that there were good three paragraphs in that standard of care about pneumatic compression. What is your view of pneumatic compression? I think it's, uh, it's vital. I don't, you know, we always tell patients your, um, well, I tell patients, my part's easy, right? I spend four, five, six hours in the operating room, and then my part's kind of done until their next stage if they need one. Um, so I tell patients, you know, your occupational therapist or physical therapist, um, lymphedema therapist, whatever we call them, um, that's going to be your best friend. Um, and the way we've developed the program, you know, when we first started, um, as you know, we get people from all over, uh, and if they were local, we really like them to see our therapists here uh, because they're very experienced in lipedema um, and compression and, and lymphopress um, or other you know, devices. Um, but then we started running into the problem when people were out of town or even were local and saw other therapists that uh, they just weren't as educated if they're not familiar with lipedema patients. And then we would take them to the operating room and they wouldn't have good post-operative protocols or good post-operative care established. Um, and then, um, you know, their kind of treatment course would fall apart. Uh, so the new guidelines, at least we've established for our practice, is if you're local or if you're out of state, you have to see our one of our therapists at least once. If you have someone at home uh, or you don't want to use one of our therapists because you, you know, you're local um, and you want to use someone else or you're, you're out of state, so you can't use one of our therapists. Um, they'll do a vi video visit and then they will coordinate with your home therapist um, and guide them uh, because we found, like I said, that not very many therapists. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's a bottleneck with many things, right? There's the, the primary cares, there's the surgeons, um, and then there's a the therapist as well where there's not very many people out there who treat this condition. Um, so, uh, you know, you have to kind of help those who don't uh, educate them. 
Do you have any particular success stories? You don't have to name names, but does any particular instance come to mind where you were able to make a real difference in this patient's life? Yeah, two, maybe just because there are two uh, relatively um, recent ones um, kind of immediately come to mind. I had a lady yesterday who I did her second stage um, and after her, you know, she was telling me how even after her first stage, she said, you know, I went biking again and it wasn't painful and I went on the elliptical and I could finally walk and exercise and do all the things where, you know, just lifting my legs a little bit were almost excruciating and now, um, you know, she's uh, biking few miles a day, which is great. Um, the other one was a lady who had surgery outside. Um, so I think as I've gotten, you know, primary patients now, I'm getting a lot of revision patients, um, maybe in the last year or so. So this lady had surgery done by an outside surgeon, uh, was really aggressively over, uh, over-treated um, to the point where you know, you've got skin and then you've got your fatty layer and then there's muscle and fat or fascia and muscle underneath that. Um, and she was skin on muscle because that sort of just, uh, you know, way, way over treated her. Um, and so uh, we were fortunate to be able to submit to insurance um, for her revision, but also to go back and do fat transfer or fat grafting into that area that was over treated. Um, and we did her maybe two weeks ago. And, you know, of course, it's still too early to tell. Um, what's going to take and what won't because you don't keep all the fat that we transfer. But um, she's she's doing well and she's really happy with the results so far. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's always a good feeling when, when patients are happy. That's so gratifying. I got an email the other day. A woman finally got her lympha press lympha pants, and of course, that go all the way up mm-hmm. under the chest and her optimal plus. Dr. Betis, within two weeks, she lost 13 inches. Wow. He has not had any success with, now we understand there are many tools in the toolbox. Lymphopress is one, but we were so, you know, we were sharing this email around the office because it's, it's, it's a source of joy for these people that have had very little hope. So I applaud you for the work you're doing. If you, know that there's a lipedema patient out there listening and looking for hope what would you say to them right now oh um i would say you know um first thing hope is definitely something uh you know you've got to hold on to there there are people out there who want to help um you know i think you just have to find um i think it'll probably all starts for every patient with one person um, whether it's a doctor, a family member, a therapist, um, you know, I've had all kinds of people tell me that so-and-so diagnosed me, my PCP or my, my a lot of times it's a vascular doctor um, because they get told that they have venous insufficiency and they go see them. And fortunately, it seems like a lot of vascular uh, surgeons or vascular medicine doctors are on the up and up because um, I've got to say maybe 30% of my patients come from a, from a vascular doctor's office. Um, but I think it all starts with one person. And I think once you get that diagnosis, there's probably for most patients, at least the stories I hear is kind of a, the light bulb goes off. Um, and then you just have to get you know plugged in with someone. Um, and then once you find someone like uh, a surgeon who treats this, uh, myself, Dr. Schwartz, um, you know, or Gutowski, um, I think that's the first step. And then you, you know, they will get plugged in with everyone else. You know, this kind of surgery is very specific. 
are there particular things that patients should look for when selecting a surgeon or someone that's going to care for them? Uh, that's a great question. So I think, um, you know, first and foremost, uh, the most important thing in my mind is making sure you're seeing a surgeon who's board certified in plastic surgery. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the non-plastic surgeons have caught on to that terminology. So they use the word board certified and they use the word plastic surgery. Um, but the best place for patients to check is at, at plasticsurgery.org. Um, so that's plasticsurgery.org. And there's a link there to find a surgeon. Um, and you can start with me. I should be there. Um, if I'm not, you're probably on the wrong website. Um, and then, um, you know, but and I, I joke, but um, I think any anyone on there, as long as they're certified. Um, and then the next thing I would say is make sure you uh, see someone who treats lipedema because um, I've had patients who tell me, well, yeah, he was a plastic surgeon, um, but you know maybe he wasn't so experienced in lipedema because uh, I think we talked about this earlier. Um, this is not cosmetic liposuction. Um, this is very, very different. Um, and there's a bit of a steep learning curve when you're doing this. And I went through that when I first started doing lipedema. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be a surgeon's first or second patient. So um, <clears throat> I think those are the two, uh, the two important things. Most important. This is not a cosmetic procedure, bottom line. Correct. Absolutely. And I think that's a point that needs to be made more with the insurances as well. 100% true. Um, I think uh, until that's... Uh, and that's a whole separate tide, I think. But until that changes, um, you know, I think the, the landscape is really difficult to navigate um, for patients. Um, and, you know, we, we submit everything to insurance and we do appeals for patients. Um, you know, we've gotten pretty good at it just from uh, several denials in the, in the early days of us, um, of us doing these. So, you know, we've kind of tweaked our letters and tweaked what we have patients do um, to try to get them the best chance of getting insurance approval. It is a battle worth fighting because, you know, I've heard an analogy that lipedema is where lymphedema was maybe 15 years ago, under-recognized, under-diagnosed, and certainly not treated enough. Now that profile has really been raised, so may we do the same with lipedema. Let's hope. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, you know, I've never thought of it that way, but certainly, uh, you know, I mean, even now some of the things uh, my partners do for lymphedema are some insurance is considered, you know, experimental or investigational, um, and they're not. There's data out there um, that shows that these techniques work. So, um, you know, insurances really need to uh, come into 2021 and uh, you know, update their policies to reflect that. One person really can make a difference, and just the fact that there is an option here on the East Coast that is making a real effort to help the lipedema population. And you have a great team. It's a very collaborative effort. So I applaud what you're doing and I want to thank you for your time. I also want to say, I want you to come to one of our round tables. We have great invigorating discussions with lipedema, lipedema patients and medical professionals once a month. So you have an open invitation. Dr. Omar Betis, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Brenda. Of course, anytime I'm happy to join those, uh, one of those round tables. Terrific. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, too. Take care.
Thanks for listening to this edition of our Lipedema one-on-one interview series. You can watch the video on TLC, the Lipedema channel on YouTube, or on Instagram, IGTV, at lympha underscore press. For information on the most advanced pneumatic compression therapy in the world, visit lymphapress.com.